Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire. And it's getting mighty close now. We're inside of a month from the first Packer preseason game, and I don't know about the rest of you, but this has felt like one of the fastest off-seasons uh, that I've ever experienced. And Matt, uh, maybe we'll bring you in right here. I don't know about you, but it feels like football just ended, and now it's going to occur really really soon i feel like i'm in heaven i agree i don't i don't know what it is either probably because the draft was a little bit later so we had to wait a little bit longer before that but now it's so short after that it's kind of a nice relief now it seems like you know the last year it took forever but now we're already getting right there and we're only a few weeks away from the preseason already well i have a little bit of a theory too that maybe we're just getting older and, and when you're a kid and you're, you know, waiting for the 1996 season after 1995. You got to relive like 10% of your life to get back to football <laughs> season. Yeah. And now, now you're you're kind of more preoccupied with other stuff. It comes up a little faster. Probably true. All right. Well, let's. Um, today, what we're going to do is uh, we talked about a lot of stuff uh, on the Facebook page. We haven't talked to you in a while uh, since the draft, so we have some things on Facebook that you've been sharing with us, and uh, we're going to talk about some of those. But the main thing that we're going to do today is we're going to preview the 2014 season. And to get to that point, let's just take a quick look back at what happened last year, which will undoubtedly be one of the strangest seasons uh, we've seen or probably will ever see for the Green Bay Packers, going 8-7-1, and one, which uh, I'm sure I correctly predicted in last year's show that we would definitely have this Pretty record. close, probably. <laughs> well, maybe. Um so, Aaron Rodgers missed half the season, which was the big story. And here is some things. I was trying to look at some strengths and some weaknesses. We all know that uh, the offense is a strength. The defense is somewhat of a weakness. We know who's good. We know who needs to step up. But there were some weird anomalies that showed up in last year's season. And one of the main things were, despite the turmoil at the quarterback position, the Packers were still third in total offense, which is actually 10 spots better than they were in 2012 when Aaron Rodgers played the entire season. That just, it it blew my mind when I read that. Um, the points were still down a little bit, but only fell to eighth from fifth where they were the year before. And it makes you wonder, now with Eddie Lacy in the fold, they did this with Eddie Lacy being a rookie, Aaron Rodgers missing half the season, Randall Cobb missing two-thirds of the season, and Jermichael Finley missing the second half of the season. They've added some new weapons. Their strength is obviously their offense, but if they could be third in the NFL in offense with Scott Tolzien and Matt Flynn starting eight games and Randall Cobb missing a ton, Jarrett Boykin and Andrew Corliss being two guys who started games for you, gosh, this team could be 2011 levels of scary this year if they stay healthy. Well, absolutely. I mean, they're so loaded. You lose James Jones and, and probably Jermichael Finley, you know, so that, that definitely hurts. But if you can get Rodgers and Lacey healthy the whole year and, and Cobb and Nelson, I mean, this offense is going to be basically unstoppable. They're so well-rounded at this point. I mean, we only got to see glimpses of it last year with Lacey involved. That I think now this year, if everything comes together and everybody stays healthy, which is a big if for this team, but if they do, you know, they could be number one in the NFL potentially. Yeah, and, and not to skip around too much because I still want to talk a little bit about 2013. What Are you expecting Eddie Lacey to stay healthy all year? Because part of me is being guarded, and I hope we don't get like a 98 Dorsey Levin situation yeah. here. 
Well, I mean, you can't predict a, any kind of a fluke injury, but he's the kind of guy you expect to maybe miss two games, you know, just from being banged up with, with certain things. But hopefully nothing major. If he misses two games, I, I'll consider that a, a win and a healthy season for him. Yeah, and they still have James Starks um, likely going to have DeWan Harris back in yes. the fold. And unfortunately, one of the big stories of the offseason, Jonathan Franklin's career ending incredibly quickly, um, reminds you of Terrence Murphy, a guy who you saw barely play maybe had some expectations for and then uh you know had to had to hang him up with a a, a neck injury which it, I'm not sure if I remember even how it happened so maybe it was something that was discovered later but certainly sucks for him mm-hmm. All right the other thing you know that happened last year man that sounds like a good segue the other thing you know that happened last year <laughs> The defense, once again, was horrible. It was the first time that the Packers have allowed over 400 points since 1986. And, I mean, they've had some good teams since then, but 1986 is still a very long time ago. They actually scored fewer points than they allowed last season, despite being 8th in the NFL in points scored. Uh, They were 24th in points allowed, 25th in yards, turnovers per game, which has been their strength as a defense, and one of the the reasons people cite as why Dom should stick around, has gone from first in 2009, uh, fourth in 2010, second in 2011, 10th and 12, 19th last year. So they're getting far fewer turnovers uh, each year going back since Dom Capers' first year. And Dom, once again, as we predicted all last year, despite how poorly the defense played, is still in Green Bay. He's got a new weapon in Ha Ha Clinton Dix. He's also got Julius Peppers. He hasn't really lost much on defense. Sam Shields was kept in the fold. Uh, Casey Hayward, who really should have been Defensive Rookie of the Year, or at least, well, I think it was Keekley in 2012, but it's, you know, Casey Hayward had six interceptions. That was in the top ten in the NFL. He'll finally, hopefully, be back. And it feels like we've said this since 2011, but... If Dom doesn't produce this year and still stays around, then it feels like I don't, I don't even know what to describe. It would be the most defeating feeling, I think, as it pertains to this team because if he doesn't produce this year with the talent that they've got him, I, I, I can't even think of a way to describe how pissed off I'll be. Yeah, I completely agree. And we've said since we've started the show, every single time the question comes up, is like, there's no way he's going. But I guess to me, um, like you said, without getting too much into the future here, I uh, I think that this is Caper's last stand if he doesn't produce. Mm-hmm. It seems like they finally finally have recognized this offseason that this is an issue. Yeah. And they seem to be switching things around, trying new things, trying to get back to what he's used to with maybe a little bit more speed on the defense and and other things like that. So I think they finally are admitting that this is a major problem and are going to do something about it. So I think if I think finally this year, if he doesn't do any better, I think he'll be out the door. But you're right. If he if he isn't after another bad year, it, there's no way he's ever going anywhere because he's had too many bad years in a row. <laughs> yeah, and, and what do you do about it as fans? I mean, right? You can't do anything. It'd be like how I'm sure Dallas feels with Jason Garrett at this yeah. point. It's like, what is it going to take? This guy is going to have to have some kind of epic scandal in order to get fired. Right. And and thinking about a guy like Dick LeBeau, who's his mentor, and Dick LeBeau is, what, 77? And Dom Capers, as long as it feels like he's been in the NFL, he's only in his early 60s. So, gosh, we could have him until the 2020s. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about in 2013 has been a problem in 2012. It was a problem in 2010, and that's injuries. The Packers completely decimated by injuries. I can't think of a single important guy outside of Jordy Nelson who wasn't affected in some way by injuries last year. Maybe some others like, uh, you know, Tremont Williams and things. But it seems like everybody has injuries. I understand that, but it doesn't seem like a team gets absolutely decimated three of four years. The Packers actually were testing some kind of GPS. I don't know if you saw this uh, story, but they were using some GPS-type equipment to track player movements very precisely in many camps in an effort to understand the movements and hopefully learn more about potential injury trouble spots. It sounds a little bit new science for me, and I'm a big proponent of that kind of stuff, but um, maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand how that could possibly make a difference. But I guess, A, did you hear about this? And B, does something like that sound like uh, it's possible that it could help with their obvious chronic injury problem? I did not, and I, I don't think it's something that can help. I mean, maybe something that down the road they can study and say, well, we can't have them be doing this kind of an exercise. But it's not like you're going to tell a guy to stop moving naturally. when he, You know, you're going for a tackle. You're not going to think, well, I can't, you know, point my left foot in, you know, this, this much. So yeah. I can't imagine that has much of a difference on anything. But, I mean, they probably have to just do whatever they can to, even for the public perception, like, hey, look at what we're trying here with this GPS. So yeah. if anything, that's probably more what they're shooting for. Yeah, Because they sure. probably have no idea how to fix it otherwise. Well, yeah, and, and at least it – shows that finally they're addressing that yes this is a problem because that was the most frustrating thing is McCarthy would almost get hostile if reporters would bring it up during the offseason that injuries are a problem and now at least it seems that he's addressing that yes it is a problem the article says that they're using it to using GPS to monitor players during practice to try to reduce injuries it doesn't really say much how the heck that's supposed to work other than uh, it provides information about workloads and exertion. So, I don't know. It's like, Clay Matthews, you need to only give 96% effort yeah. when you're rushing the passer. You'll cut down your injuries by 13%. I, I don't think that's going to fly. Yeah, I don't either. They've also taken up yoga as a team. So huh. maybe hey, that could help. Because we've been, I mean, one of the main things we talked about with with a guy like Clay Matthews is he's so jacked up that, yeah. you know, if you, he's just so muscular that, you know, everything's so tight that maybe... That's what they need is just loosen everything up a little bit. Maybe yoga's the answer. I like that better than the GPS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that one might work out a little bit better in the short term, at least. I think the GPS data might help uh, the 2030 Packers, yep, perhaps. exactly. Okay, so let's move on a little bit here um, and talk about the remaining roster. Uh, as they entered the offseason, of course, they lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Book ended their season with losses to the 49ers for the second time in a row. They've lost two straight season openers to the Niners and then two straight playoff games to the Niners. Luckily, that won't happen this year because they'll likely get to lose to Seattle instead in the first game this year. But we'll talk about that as we get further on. The big thing of the offseason, they lost uh, some players. James Jones uh, left. They lost p- potentially Jermichael Finley. Um... I feel like I'm missing somebody else important that we lost. Uh, Pickett and Jolly. Pickett and Jolly uh, are both gone, and I believe are both on the market. Johnny Jolly had a neck injury, has been cleared to play, but he hasn't landed anywhere yet. And I think Pickett's just out. He's probably on the Ryan Grant, Mark Tauscher plan, (laughs) waiting for injuries. And they also lost um, Evan Dietrich-Smith to the the Buccaneers, which 
could potentially be big. We talked about that on the previous show. We're not quite sure how important a center is to the stability of your offensive line. Um, more so, I mean, obviously you need a center, but we saw Jeff Saturday look like, you know, he had arthritis in all of his joints, and they still had a pretty decent offense. So, mm-hmm. But the kind of the strange thing is they were able to keep a lot of guys. They were able to keep Sam Shields, B.J. Raji, bizarrely, after uh, testing the free agent market, signed for half the contract that he was offered at this time last season. Then the big story is adding Julius Peppers as well as some other role players. And so we're going to get into our picks about records and things later into the show, but you mentioned that this is the put-up-or-shut-up year for Dom Capers or the now-or-never type year for Dom Capers. Do you think he now has the free agents? And we'll throw in the draft guys as well as we transition into that with HaHa Clinton Dix. Um, I can't remember the guy's name from Arizona State. Um, they got him as well. Do you think Dom has the tools to get it done this year? Well, there's no reason he shouldn't. I, I can't see any reason why you can't. I mean, if you're signing these guys to these contracts, they're the guys you want in place. So he's got no excuses now. I mean, barring injuries, we have pretty good depth at every position. And the positions that we didn't, we went out and got somebody. So you've got another pass rusher to go with Clay. You've got a, a good safety you can put back there in Clinton Dix. And uh, it, from everything that it sounds like, uh, Dayton Jones is primed for a big season this year, too. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't with the talent they have. I mean, you look at, across the NFL and People are doing it with less than what we're doing, so I, I've got some confidence in the in the talent we have that back there. It's just a matter of getting it done with it. So yeah, I think he's got what he needs to to get the job done. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I think so. I hope they stay healthy. I'm really excited to see if Micah Hyde can work into the system yeah. a little bit. Casey Hayward too. I mean, it feels like you're getting a new player in Casey Hayward just because he had so little impact last year. I'm excited about him returning. Kyrie Thornton is the defensive tackle from Southern Miss who might have an impact, the rookie. And then also Carl Bradford from uh, Arizona State was the other guy that some people are kind of excited about. So um, that was such a weasel word response that some people are kind of excited about um, for Carl Bradford. But I saw a highlight package of him on YouTube one time, and he looked pretty decent. All right. But I don't know what that means. I don't know. I think... The the fact that you were the number two defense in 2012, and then with the same personnel minus Nick Collins, who admittedly is an important piece, made you the worst defense ever after that injury, it, that just kind of jaded me forever um, for Dom Capers. And I think this is the now or never year, but I, I, do, I guess I don't know what to expect. I think they'll be better. But what does better mean? You can't be much worse than you were last year. So is better 19th in the NFL instead of 24th, or is it 13th? I think they're going to be better on defense. I'm almost sure of it. I don't know if better is going to be good enough, I guess, is my concern. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, with the offense we have, average might be good enough even. So you just can't be really, really bad. So to at least have a shot at it. I mean, you can't have a defense like you had last year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you could at least have one that can stop somebody when it matters, that I, I still think this team has a chance. You just can't be so terrible. Yeah, and I definitely think they have a chance without a doubt. But the thing that concerns me when I was researching my picks is I've heard that talking point forever, that their defense just has to be better and their offense is good enough that they can get the job done. And in theory, that's true. But then I was researching teams from last year, and I saw that the New Orleans Saints had the fourth best defense in the NFL last year. 
with that offense, and they got whooped in the divisional round by the Seattle Seahawks. And that I know that might be an outlier, but gosh, does that not scare you a little bit? Because they're not this NFL now is not the NFL that the Packers won a Super Bowl in four years ago. It's you had the number four defense, the Saints, and they lost in the playoffs. What it was like twenty three to ten how you would expect to lose to a good team like Seattle, 23-15. to 15. And so you definitely can get hot, and I would argue that in a cold-weather environment, I still would take Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees. I, I think Drew Brees is great, but I still think Aaron Rodgers is a better uh, matchup for any team. But, yeah, I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, as good as he is, as good as Brett Favre was, their only Super Bowls were when Rodgers had the number two defense in the NFL and Favre had the number one defense, maybe the best defense of the 90s. And I think that that doesn't necessarily always have to be the blueprint because Baltimore and the Giants won Super Bowls with a crappy defense. But it looks like it's a different world now. The Wild Wild West NFL where anybody can win it looks like it was about a five-year fad and it looks like it's been replaced by kind of your early to mid-90s teams where you got to be a tough group if you're going to beat Seattle or San Francisco and yep. win a Super Bowl. Yep, and we haven't been the last few years. Yeah. That's been the difference. And so how good do we have to be, I guess, is the question. I think you can be the number 13 defense in the NFL and go 13-3 and if you're the Packers and you stay healthy on offense. If you're the number... If you're in the top ten, you're winning that division, and you might get a first-round bye, but you still got to get through those two tough teams to get to the yeah. Super Bowl. And, you know, granted, you still like your chances having to win two games rather than having to win a ton, but, um, yeah, we'll see. That's that's going to be the question of the Packers' season. The defense will be better. How much better do they have to be for it to matter? Okay, and the big thing, too, coming up personnel-wise is there are some contracts that are coming up in the 2015 season that they have to address. The big ones being Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, but also up after this next season, Jarrett Boykin, Brian Bulaga, uh, some other guys. Tremont Williams is another big one. And then some role players that it would be nice to keep if possible, like Jarrett Bush, uh, B.J. Raji's coming up again, Don Barclay, Scott Tolzien, who might be your legitimate future as the backup quarterback. And some others, Sean Richardson played uh, quite a bit of a role last year as a as a nice depth guy. Uh, Ryan Taylor, the tight end, who I still can't believe is actually on the team until I saw this year. So I can't imagine they sign all of those guys. Who do you think they will keep? Who do you think they have to keep? And who are you okay seeing leave out of that list? Just real quick observations. I think you have to keep Nelson and Cobb. Mm-hmm. Um, First and foremost, I mean, you might see some guys come up this year, but even still, you've let Jennings walk, you've let James Jones walk, Finley might be gone. Um, you can't afford to lose another one of those guys. They're going to have to be one and two this year, and you can't afford to lose another one of those. So, I'd say that's that's primary. You have to do that. I guess outside of that, I'd really like them to see them keep Tremont, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you can pay a guy like that after you paid Sam Shields as much as he did. He's probably going to demand more money than that. Yeah. Um, so I guess I say Cobb and Nelson are absolute, and then I'd, I'd say Tremont is on my please do keep list. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to keep Bulag and Raji around, but I'd say outside of those three, there's none that I say are you know they're deal breakers for the team if you lose them. Yeah, I think Jordy Nelson's a no-brainer. I think if push came to shove, 
I don't think this is a scenario that's actually going to happen. But if push came to shove and you had to choose Cobb or Nelson, I think you would pick. Well, that's tough because because Cobb's like six years younger than he is. Yeah, I think you take Cobb there. Yeah, I I think maybe you're right. And and of course, because Jared Aberdares is the exact same athlete as Jordy Nelson is too. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so is Jeff Janis. <laughs> I mean, they both really remind me of Wayne Corbett. Um, just a, just high motor guys. Overall. Oh, just you know, they just got a lot of heart. I think Bulaga will leave. I don't understand why you would really keep him. I think, it, and if Don Barclay is serviceable this year, I think you keep him over yeah, Bulaga. The very interesting one to me is Tremont Williams because if he has a lights out year this year, it'd almost be worse than if he had a mediocre year. Um, it, it depends on where you're at. Obviously, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you'd rather have a, have a lights-out year and then go play the rest of his career in Tennessee. I, I could live with that. But if he has a really, really good season, and especially if Sam Shields struggles, are you going to feel real bad about what happened this offseason? Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I, I still don't know if I can read Tremont. In 2010, it looked like we had one of the best – You know, it looked like we had Charles Woodson version two. And then since then, it's kind of fallen apart, and I don't know if it's because of the safety play or what, but, you know, he just doesn't seem like he was the same player. But then last year, when I wanted to write him off, then in the month of December, he was great. So, Yeah, he was about your least favorite Packer of all time until he kind of really exploded at the end of the year. Well, I didn't appreciate that the only thing he seemed to retain from his mini Charles Woodson phase was the penalties. Mm -hmm. And he... You know, made that Dallas game was one of the best games I've ever seen him play, and yep. well, at least in the second half. That first half, I'm guessing, was probably pretty yeah. bad. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens with him. B.J. Raji, who cares? I mean, Jarrett Bush. I mean, it's nice to have some special teams warriors, I suppose, but you can't really set aside too much money for that. But again, he might not command much money because I think the whole league, the book is out on how bad of an actual defensive back he is. Yeah, I think so. So we'll see. Did they ever re-sign Kuhn? Uh, yeah, I, I believe they did. Okay. I, I couldn't tell you the contract offhand, but I'm, I'm almost positive that they did, and it was for, for like under a million, I think. I think it was half-price hot dogs at uh, Curly's yep. Pub. Was, <laughs> what, I mean, he waited a long time, so he, he, he waited out a pretty good deal, in my, my opinion. <laughs> okay, is there anything else you want to add real quick to the 2013 Packers? And we've, I think, given enough of a uh, preview of what we think are the looming questions in 2014. And uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, let's uh, wrap up that last season and get rid of it. Okay, well, one last thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a side question that sort of is in no man's land that I wanted to bring up. And that is a debate that I heard. I don't. I, I wish I could. Oh, it was on Packers.com. I did write where I found it. Um, there was a debate about guys like Jarrell Worthy, Nick Perry, Derek Sherrod, guys that are two or three years into their career, or in all these guys' cases, it will be at least their third season, and wondering what to expect from them. A lot of people are saying that Nick Perry's had trouble with injuries, Jarrell Worthy's had trouble with injuries, Derek Sherrod obviously has had trouble with injuries. Wondering if there's a precedent for a Packer, or a, a number of Packers players in the past, who weren't good in their first three years for whatever reason and ended up being really good players. And I just thought that was something interesting we could talk about. Not only our expectations for that guy, those guys, but if there is a precedent for guys who just weren't very good and then all of a sudden became really good and sustained that success because 
I think they have the the critics of those guys have a point that we really have no reason to think that Jarrell Worthy or Nick Perry will ever turn it on. Mm-hmm. Well, I I mean you you could basically just find you know a diamond in the rough this year with guys like that because they were drafted on their athleticism and their talent and and they haven't really shown up yet whether it's injury or whatever. But I mean think about that that kind of depth you could get this year if those guys all of a sudden come out of nowhere and turn it on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I mean we have had guys like that. I mean Jermichael Finley wasn't a superstar in his first year. No. You know there's so but many guys. But he was guys. pretty darn good in his second year. Yeah yeah that's true. But I'm I mean. With the talent that they have, if they can stay healthy, there's no reason they shouldn't at least be good players. I, and you would think maybe one or two of those guys can really turn it on and be a bona fide starter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can think of some other really good examples. I know Nick Collins wasn't, you know, yeah. s- starting his first year per se, but I don't Nick, know. Nick the, Collins is a strange one in that he, and, and actually I think he did. I think he did start quite a bit in 05, as okay, a lot of rookies okay. did. But That's true. They were really awful that year. Yeah, he was pretty much a non-factor for his first three years. I think his third year in 07, he didn't even get an interception. And then in 2008, he is a total ball hawk and was pretty much great for the the last three years of his career. Um, I have only seen limited stuff from 90 and 91. Um, I hope to see more of that in the near future. But Leroy Butler made his first Pro Bowl in 1993, and I don't really remember him doing much before that. But then again, they were bad, so you think that, you know, 90 and 91, you kind of say the whole defense sucks, and maybe he actually was, you know, just a victim of bad teammates. Um, and, and I haven't seen those games, some of them ever, and the others not in a long time, and certainly not as they happen to know if maybe he had some flashes that led you to believe that he could be good. Uh, outside of that, I really don't know. I mean... Amon Green did nothing in the NFL his first two years, so yeah. maybe that's yeah. uh, something. I don't know. So Nick Perry for the Pro Bowl, you're, you're saying? You're predicting that? Yeah, let's call it. Okay. No, it'll be next year. He'll have an awesome year this year, and then he'll make the Pro Bowl next year because that's how it works. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Okay, so I think it's time that we stop beating around the bush here and we put our money where our mouths are and... Actually, I'm not going to put any money on the line. I have no confidence in my picks. So we'll yeah, put your our picks are always where terrible. Are. So. Well, I picked the 8, 7, and 1 last year. I mean, nobody can prove it otherwise because <laughs> I'm going to take all the archives down as soon as we're done recording this. You just made fun of, fun of me mercilessly about picking the Chiefs to make the playoffs. So. Oh, well, I guess. but <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have a good comeback for that. Although, I, I said they were going to be the worst team in the NFL, which is certainly not the case. But they lost, what, five of their last, or no, six of their last eight games, so they might be coming back to uh, the regular Chiefs level here. You're probably right. Okay, but let's uh, get right into it here, and let's make our predictions for the 2014 season. So now it's time for our picks. We're going team by team, and we're going to try to predict the records of every team. I don't know if anyone has ever successfully done this, but I'm sure that either Matt or I will successfully accomplish that feat this year. Do you think so, Matt? I think so. Okay. Should we 
start with the AFC and then work our way back towards the Packers? Absolutely. Okay. We'll start in the AFC West, where the defending AFC champion Broncos reside. I guess I'll start with this division first. I have the Broncos going 11-5. and five. Kind of scared me uh, in this division. I should have went worse to first, but oh well. I think there's a good chance that Peyton is either not good at all this year or doesn't finish the season. I really wanted to pick that, but he hardly ever gets touched, so I don't think mm-hmm. he'll be that bad. I still think he'll be okay. They play the AFC East as their AFC matchup, so that lends them to some very winnable games. And I think their division is going to take a step back as a whole, so I think they'll be able to beat up on them a little bit and then lose some of those tough games because they are matched up against the NFC West, so I expect that to hurt Denver a little bit. So I have Denver at 11-5. and five. I have San Diego coming back to the pack a little bit at 8-8. Eight and eight. I have Kansas City also at 8-8, eight and eight, kind of trying to find themselves in this Andy Reid thing. And I have the Oakland Raiders at 6-10. and 10. The only reason that I have uh, Oakland at 6-10 and 10 is because I think they can win some of those games against those AFC East teams, and plus they play Jacksonville and, or excuse me, Houston and then Cleveland. So um, I really have no confidence in <laughs> the Raiders at all, but, you know, 6-10 and 10 is about average for a really bad team. Sure, and I'm pretty much on board with you here. I've got the Raiders at 4-12. and 12. Um, I think Schaub's a step up at quarterback, but overall, they don't have a whole lot on that team. they got James uh, Jones. Yeah, they do have James Jones. So, I mean, their offense may be okay, but... Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, i got the Chiefs here at 9-7 and seven at third. I actually have them finishing behind the Chargers on a tiebreaker, both at 9-7. and seven. So, I think they take a step back this year. I think their defense may recover a little bit without so many injured guys, but I don't think Alex Smith is... Um, does quite what it did last year, and I think that offense takes a step back. J- Jamal Charles was insane last year. I don't yeah. think there's any way he can replicate that, um, especially since he's pretty much their only really major weapon on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the Broncos at 12-4, and four, so pretty similar to you. I think they're going to run through to their division. I think they'll crush the AFC East other than the New England game um, and then probably lose to Seattle and San Francisco. So I think this team is pretty much unstoppable in regular season play. I think it's... Uh, once they get to the postseason, is probably where they're going to find their struggles. But I think they'll have a no way they lose more than five games, I don't think, barring an, um, a Peyton Manning injury. Yeah, and I agree. And I really wanted to back San Diego as kind of a surprise team, mm-hmm. but their schedule is brutal. Their last five games are at Baltimore, home to the Patriots, home to the Broncos, at the 49ers, at Kansas City. Wow. And so they could lose all five of those. And so mm-hmm. no matter where they are at that point, you know, having already played Denver on the road, having played Seattle, I think that, you know, they they could even eight and eight part of me was thinking I was trusting them too much because with that last December I think they could they could be a team that's six and three and then end yeah. up seven and nine. And they're known for slow starts too, so <laughs> that could be a, a really bad season for them. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about Alex Smith reminded me of how little I enjoy watching him play football. Mm-hmm. So hopefully <laughs> just throw that out there. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll go to the AFC South now. Um, I think Jacksonville is going to be a bottom feeder once again, 4-12. and 12. That might even be pushing it a little bit, especially if Blake Bortles gets to play at all. Um, Chad Henney, it's just a disaster down there, so I don't expect anything out of them. 4-12 and 12 is just because they have some other really bad teams in their division, and the Colts, who on random weeks decide not to play. I have Houston recovering a little bit at 5-11. and 11. I think this they had the potential to be a much bigger bounce-back team if they would have addressed the quarterback more carefully, but Ryan Fitzpatrick I don't think is going to do much of anything for them. Um, Case Keenum is still in the mix, I guess, but he really 
plateaued and dropped like a stone in the second half of last season. Tennessee I have at 6-10 and 10, just because I trust them more than I trust the other two crappy teams in their division. And I have the Colts at 11-5. and 5. I don't necessarily think they're that good, but they have no reason to win fewer than five games within the division. And uh, I think they can split the rest of them and get a pretty nice record. Yeah, I'll go through mine quick because you said almost exactly everything that I was about to say, too, in about the same order. So I got Jags at 3-13. and 13. Um, Not much to say about them. No end in sight for the badness unless Bortles is somehow, you know, becomes a Pro Bowl quarterback yeah. right away. Yeah. Titans at 5-11, and 11, um, just not enough talent there. Texans at 6-10, and 10, exact same thing you said. I think their defense can be pretty good, but you can't have Ryan Fitzpatrick as your, your game one starting quarterback. There's, yeah. there's no way they win more than than eight games, I don't think. And then I have the Colts at 10-6. and six. I'm not super convinced with them yet, but their division's so bad that there's probably no way they don't win ten games. Yeah, they if they don't win that division, I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd be looking. I, I mean, you wouldn't fire Chuck Pagano after back-to-back uh, playoff seasons in your first two years, but holy smokes, if they don't, if they have a healthy Andrew Luck and they don't win the division and probably at least get the three seed, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. They're such a weird team. I mean, they're so sporadic that they can just be completely awful or they can just look like the best team in the NFL. I mean, they're kind of like Cincinnati in that regard. Yes. You know, that they can be, in any week, They could. you wouldn't be surprised if they beat anybody, but then they'll go ahead and lose to Jacksonville. And they're just, I think it kind of sums up Andrew Luck as a whole at this point in his career, too. He's just so high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole team kind of goes with that, I guess, too. They're just a really strange team. Yeah, um, but they're exciting to watch. I, I yep. said it last year in the playoffs that Andrew Luck has made me understand the people who like to watch Brett Favre play who are not Packer yep. fans because he's a lot of fun to watch even when the Colts lose. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the AFC East, and I guess I'll let you start so I don't steal your thunder like I did sure. for the AFC South. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for giving me the most suspenseful division in the NFL here. <laughs> um, I, so I have the Bills here at 4th at 6-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, EJ Manuel, maybe he's going to be good and, and lead them to a better record than that, but I'm not sold yet. Uh, Dolphins at 6-10, and 10 too. I guess I'm not a big Tannehill believer, personally. And uh, I have the Jets at 9-7 and seven here, so winning mm-hmm. record, um, but uh, no playoffs for them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then I have the Patriots at 11-5, and five, winning the division pretty easily here, as they always do. Um, so I guess, obviously, not much suspense in the AFC East, unless you've got a big surprise upset for me here. Um uh, well, I have the Bills at 6-10 and 10 as well. I wanted them to be a little bit better than that, but uh, I, I think that E.J. Manuel will be better than the nuts quarterback position they had last year. Yeah. Sammy Watkins is intriguing, but I don't think he'll be Randy Moss, which is what he's going to have to be in order to significantly improve them in one year. Dolphins I have at 8-8 eight and eight simply because I have so little respect for the AFC right now, and they have... Games against the AFC West, which, you know, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, they might be able to steal some of those. They got Jacksonville on the schedule. They got the Jets and Bills on the schedule. And also some some games against the uh, NFC North, so we'll see what happens with that. But um, I guess I, I just think they can squeak out some because the AFC stinks. Jets I also have a, at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they might even be better than they were last year. And last year they were 8-8, eight and eight, I think, as well. Yeah, despite how bad their offense was. Yeah, and so they definitely should be better, but they just feel like a team that's going to give some games away. And also, um, I, I think they play the Bears and the Packers. They play at both of those teams, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that could be a problem for them. I have the Patriots winning the division at 10-6 and 6 also. 
I really, really wanted to... Because the Patriots, I don't think, are good enough to be dominating their division every year. I don't think this team is necessarily going anywhere. The fact that they got destroyed offensively by Denver's defense in the playoffs last year just makes me think that the Brady-Belichick era might just be playing out the string a little bit. Um, but I looked it up. Since 2006, the Patriots are 38-10 and 10 in their division. They almost have an automatic five wins. They don't even have to go 500 for the rest of the year and probably win their division outside of the division. So um, Patriots will be fine. Okay, AFC North. Uh, this one actually has some more intrigue, so I'll let you go first. All right. So AFC North here. I have the Browns finishing at the bottom. Um, no surprise there, I guess. Manziel is not going to be starting right away. They might be a little better than that. I know their defense is pretty good, and, and Hoyer looked pretty good when he started last year. But mm-hmm. um, I still just don't think there's not nearly enough. And with Josh Gordon out, they've got no weapons. So, mm-hmm. um, And do you know, I don't know if you remember offhand, did they draft a running back or sign anybody? Oh, I think they signed Ben Tate from Houston. Oh, look out, you know. Wow. Yeah, so that might still be, uh, it's better than Ogbenaya, I guess, but um, <laughs> yeah. st- I still have them at 4-12 and 12 there. Somebody's got to be 4-12, and 12, so it's them. Okay. Uh, Steelers I have at 9-7 and seven here, basically just the Roethlisberger effect keeping them above 500. I don't think they're a very good team anymore. Yeah. Um, two, I have the Bengals at 10-6, and six. I think another pretty good regular season for them, probably a and bomb in the playoffs. And uh, one, I have the Ravens at 10-6, and six just because I, I just think this division's not nearly what it was anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even think the Ravens are a very good team, but the AFC overall is so weak, and this division, I think, is pretty weak nowadays, too. Mm-hmm. So I guess they take it by default, you know, just by default. Yeah, and it's hard for me to argue with anything you said there. I have the Browns at 3-13. and 13. I think that they're going to be a disaster this year. I think... Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm not reacting quite as harshly to some of the news about uh, Johnny Manziel that some of the other news outlets are and media outlets are. But I think that Hoyer, who a lot of people are talking like this is a legitimate competition and talking, oh, Hoyer's a seasoned vet. He's got, what, three career starts? Yeah, not and, much. I've heard that, too. Yeah, and uh, uh, he got his knee absolutely obliterated early in the season last year, so I think he's not going to be great. I think the whole drama with Menzel could get ugly really fast. They got no Josh Gordon. They lost uh, T.J. Ward in the defense, who was one of their real key cornerstones of that good secondary they have. It was really weird how cheaply they let him walk, wasn't it? He signed yeah. for barely nothing. It was kind of shocking. Yeah, he didn't sign for hardly anything with Denver. So I don't understand why they let him go unless they they want it to blow up. But now they got a quarter. I, I don't know, but I just think that's going to be a mess there. And we've been in the stadium there, and I don't think it takes much for it to get no. ugly. <laughs> I'm not going there as a visiting fan this year. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I have the Bengals going 8-8, eight and eight, and I just feel like this is a team that's really plateaued. They can't seem to get over the hump. They haven't added anybody very interesting that would lead me to believe that they can get over the hump. They play at New England. They play at the Colts. They play at the Saints. They host Denver. They could lose all of those games. Their division is tough, even if the Steelers and Ravens aren't what they used to be. And this is a team that just kind of bumbles. They also play Carolina at home. And this is a team that kind of bumbles around and probably will give away some games to crappy teams like Tennessee and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Pittsburgh I have at 9-7. and seven. I think they're going to beat up on their division. They're always going to grit out some games. They seem like a kind of team that could beat... Carolina. They host the Saints. That feels like a, uh, a game that they might be able to steal away. And so I think the Steelers will have a bounce back here at 9-7, and seven, but still 
mainly due to the weakness of the AFC. And almost exactly what you said about the Ravens is what I feel um, the best of kind of a down division who's been up quite a bit lately. So I'll say the Ravens win the division at 10-6. and six. Okay. All right, let's go to the NFC. Should we save our actual playoff seedings and stuff until after we do the NFC? Sure. Okay. Sure. So, now we're going to go to the NFC, and we'll start in the AFC West, which was the best division in football last year. And, NFC West, correct. Uh, sorry, the <laughs> NFC West. The AFC West was probably the second best division yep. in the NFL last year, so <laughs> at least that was close. The AFC West, the bottom of the division will be the Rams. I have them at 6-10, and 10 actually, and they could potentially be a surprise team, but I don't necessarily trust Sam Bradford, and it is such a hard division for them, and... I know last year they went 9-7, and seven, mostly with Kellen Clemens, and that defense is real good, but everybody else in that division also has real good defense, and their quarterbacks are better, their offenses are better. And the Rams have some real tough games. They play at Kansas City, they play at the Eagles, they have the Broncos on the schedule. So I think that it just doesn't line up for them well. They have a stretch here, and I was looking at trying to find a way to get the Rams to be maybe my surprise team. After their bye week in week four, they have at the Eagles, home to San Francisco, home to the Seahawks, at the Chiefs, at the Niners, at the Cardinals, home to the Broncos, at the Chargers, and then Thanksgiving. They could lose every single one of those games. So I think they're going to be improved. They're going to be a tough team to beat every week, but they just don't have enough to uh, stand up to the, the type of schedule they have. Uh, after that, I have the Cardinals at 9-7. and seven. Uh, This was a team I wanted to kind of write off, but I just think they have a good defense. Uh, their schedule put, could potentially let them steal some games. And Carson Palmer was actually much better than I thought he was. I thought I'd look at his stat line and see that he'd thrown twice as many interceptions as touchdowns and be like a 70s quarterback on a good defensive team. And he actually held his own pretty well. He had like uh, 26 touchdowns, I think, and only 14 picks. Now I'll have to look at that real quick because otherwise I'll be mad at myself if I got it wrong. 24 touchdowns, 22 picks. So no, not as good as I said he was, but, you know, whatever. I, I'll stick with my pick. 49ers at 11-5, and five, you know, arguably the second-best team in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, they're going to lose some games because they play, such a, they play so close to their opponents, they're going to lose some games that they probably should win. And I have Seattle at 12-4. and four. I think that... I would be shocked again if they're not the best team in the NFL, but their defense won't be as good as they were last year. Hardly any teams in history have sustained the kind of dominant defense they have. If you have a best defense of all time, you could still have a good defense the next year, but ask the Bears in 85 or the Packers in 96. It doesn't sustain itself. You still stay in the top 10, but you you aren't this best defense ever two straight years, and they have some tough games in there. So uh, they, they play at Carolina, they play Green Bay, uh, they play Denver. They could lose some of those games, so I will say they are 12 and 4. Okay, and I agree with most of the stuff you said there, except I, I think I think last year the Cardinals were my NFC surprise team, and I got that right. And I think this year I'm predicting them to come back down. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Carson Palmer has probably played his best ball last year, which was still pretty average, but now he's your starting quarterback again <laughs> going forward, and I think they come back down to earth. I think their defense was good, but I don't think it's that good compared to the rest of the the four teams in the division. So mm-hmm. I have Cardinals at 6-10. and 10. Um, I have the Rams. Same thing you said. I wanted them to be my surprise team because their defense is so good. Mm-hmm. But they've got number eight on their center, and if you ask me, they're not going to win more than eight games with him at their quarterback position. Mm-hmm. What did you have for option. a record for the Cardinals, or don't you didn't you pick the records? This year, 6-10. and 10. Okay, gotcha. Sorry, I missed that. And um, 
But um, but yeah, so I have the Rams at seven and nine here. Um, their op- other options are what Kellen Clemens, I think, is yeah. their other quarterback. So Single wing, I think, would be their best. Yeah, o- option it doesn't get much better for them. Yeah. Uh, defense is good, but not enough offense. Forty ers I have at ten and six. Same thing you said. You know, probably the second best team in the NFC for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, and just because they're in the division with Seattle, Seattle goes eleven and five and wins the division. Yeah, and it's interesting. We both think Seattle. Uh, do you think Seattle's defense is going to be as good as they were last year? I mean, and, and I'm not saying like that they're going to well, be one and one, yeah. but are they going to be close? I, I I think they'll be close. I, I'll guarantee you they're not quite as good as they were last year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, there's no way you can sustain that. I mean, teams figure it out. There's like you said, there's nobody. I mean, you don't hear as much about the '86 Bears or yeah. you know the the year after the Ravens won the Super Bowl. You don't hear about the '01 Ravens defense mm-hmm. that much. You know, it's. It's it's hard to keep that going after you did it so good one year. People figure it out. They find ways to beat it. Just like, you know, every kind of fad in the NFL, too. I mean, you'll find ways to beat it. The, the pistol wasn't around at all last year after it was dominant the year before. I mean, people yeah. study film all the time. Yeah. So it, it's hard to sustain that. But I'm sure they'll still be very good. I'll, I will throw out a little fun fact here in case, because we have some very astute listeners that know their NFL history. The 86 Bears actually allowed, like, 12 less points than the 85 Bears. But they allowed way more yards, so and they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So you probably no. that's probably well, they, another. Big they lost their first playoff point. game and gave up yeah. like 28 points. Okay, we're gonna go to the NFC South now, and I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and 13. Might be partially wishful thinking in hopes that I never have to see those disgusting uniforms outside of the Green Bay Packer game. Uh, and also, you got Josh McCown coming in as kind of your savior here. Um, it, was that? Last year, the year before that, Doug Martin had that really bad knee injury. Well, I think that was last year, wasn't it? I, I think. I, yeah. I mean, who knows? That feels like when I think of Tampa Bay, I'm like, hey, what? what? I, know, I, I never pay any attention. <laughs> What's Warren Sapp doing these days? <laughs> uh, so I have them at three and thirteen. I, uh, they're in a very brutal division, uh, partially, and they had another tough schedule, so I, I don't think they're going to be very good. I think that the Atlanta Falcons are going to get to seven and nine. Them again, I wanted to be a, kind of a good team. I don't want them to be a good team, but I, I thought they would be potentially a surprise pick. And I can't quite get them back to where they were. They just kept too many things the same um, compared to what they were last year. They didn't have much of a running game. I think Julio Jones will be better, but their defense after looking it up is a bit worse than I thought they were. So I think 7-9 and nine is pretty fair for them. I have the Carolina Panthers coming back to earth at 8-8. Eight and eight, And I think they could still be pretty good, but... I think the jury's out on them a little bit. I don't know if I necessarily think Cam Newton is all that great. And they're another team that is sort of like San Francisco, but not quite as good, is that... I'm trying to think of a good example. Maybe Lovey Smith's Bears. You play so many close games and win a lot of close games that that's not something that sustains itself from year to year. If you look at a lot of teams in the past who have won a lot of close games and got to even a 12-4 and like the, the Panthers... If you try to do that year in and year out, you're going to lose, and eventually you're going to come back to the pack. And so I think that's going to happen to Carolina this year. Uh, I'm not ruling it out, but uh, Carolina has never had back-to-back winning seasons. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I have the New Orleans Saints at 13-3. and They play a lot of their tough games at home this year. Um, they play the AFC North, um, and they play the NFC North, but most of their tough games 
are at home, which they're almost unstoppable, and their road schedule is Falcons, Browns, Cowboys, Lions, Panthers, Steelers, Bears, and Buccaneers. They could potentially win, you know, six of those. And then at home, they have a much more favorable schedule. They play the Vikings, Buccaneers, Packers, 49ers, Bengals, Ravens, Panthers, and Falcons. They could conceivably win all eight of those. So I think the Saints will be 13-3. and three. They had the number four defense in the NFL last year in both points and yards given up, and they were only 10th in yards last year on an offense, and I expect them to bounce back a little bit in that regard. Sure. And uh, so I guess I'll, I'm just going to start off the Saints just to kind of tie in with what you said, too. I have them at number one as well, but to me, I don't think there's any way they sustain that defense. If, I mean, they've been so bad for so many years, and that, I know Rob Ryan turned it around last year, but, I mean, they're still not – you know, like a super talented team back there on defense. I think that they really come back down to earth. Mm-hmm. So I predicted them at 10 and 6 because I was kind of torn because, like you, I thought they could go 13 and 3, but I also thought they could bomb. So I kind of went in between. <laughs> so I picked them at 10 and 6. I, I just don't think the defense is as good as it was. And uh, so I think they're still going to be very good with the division, but mm-hmm. I have 10 and 6 too. So I'll work backwards here. Um, I have the Panthers at 9 and 7. Almost exactly what you said. I think that defense is still going to be great, but mm-hmm. I'm not big into Cam Newton like you are either. And I don't think they have anything at receiver anymore. They lost Steve Smith. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what they drafted. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but either, either way, that's a rookie you're putting in at your number one if you drafted yeah. somebody. Um, three Falcons, I think they're better this year. They still got a good offense and you get Julio Jones back. Mm-hmm. So that's enough to probably get to nine wins. And then Buccaneers at three and 13 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do they, uh, and I think they lost, um, oh, I, I can't even think of his name off yet. 83, they lost. Oh, uh, um, Mike? Why can't we think? <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen so many Bucks games recently. Vincent Jackson, yeah. Vincent Jackson, is, is oh, yeah. Is he still on the team? I felt like he went somewhere else. Um, I can, I can look him up here. Uh, the thing about the Saints, I thought they had added somebody, they got Jarius Bird this offseason, okay. so yep. I, I think that could help a little bit. That's true. But they lost Roman Harper, you know, one of the best players of the 1970s, has finally <laughs> left the New Orleans Saints. Um, this is very interesting watching, waiting for this to refresh here. They got Evan Dietrich Smith down there. Um, Vincent Jackson, I don't even see him on here. Yeah, I thought he went somewhere else. I don't remember where at all. But I, Buffalo, did he go to Buffalo? Because they lost Stevie Johnson to San Francisco. Yes, um, it says he's still on Tampa's team. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Vincent Jackson. So obviously they're going to go 13 and three now instead of three and 13, yep. right? <laughs> He's yeah. probably their only good player. So if Doug Martin's not healthy, yeah, and their uniforms are horrible, so I'm rooting Worst. against them. Yeah. They probably won't be televised once this year. Well, I, I just hope that when they play the Packers, they just uh, maybe blur out the Buccaneers <laughs> and we just watch our team. So that'd be nice. All right, let's go to the NFC East, which is in complete turmoil, probably. Um, not to give yeah well this is your team or turn to go first so sure. um, I won't lo- show my hand any more than that. All so right. Well, I've time. got Redskins last year. Yep. I I can't unforget what I saw last year from Robert Griffin III, <laughs> and their defense on top of that was just miserable. Mm-hmm. I I mean I can see him playing a little better. I can see their defense being a little better, but I can't forget what I saw, and I remember seeing him looking like one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen in a lot of games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so 6-10, and ten, maybe that's even optimistic. I think he'll have a little bit of a bounce back, though. So mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit of a surprise here. I have the Cowboys at 7-9. and nine. Oh, that, yeah. that defense was just, you know, it's just so bad. 
and I don't see the team getting any younger or better. They've got Des Bryant, which is probably good enough for a couple of wins, and Tony Romo, too. Uh, say what you want, but I think that they have a down year and finally drop below 8-8 eight and eight at 7-9. and nine. Um, I have the Giants at 8-8, eight and eight, so a little bit of a comeback for them. I, every other year they play better than the year before, it seems like, but I don't think they're good enough to win the division or, or make a playoff push this year now at this point, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I say kind of average at eight and eight, and then I think the Eagles run away with this one at twelve and four, which okay. is the first time, and I think the whole time we've done the show that I have a team, a clear cut winner of the NFC East. Usually they're all around that like nine and seven range, but um, I think Eagles are a lot better than everybody else in that division. Okay, well I agree with you in a lot of ways about Washington, except the defense is horrible. So I have them at seven and nine. Robert Griffin the third is. He was hard for me to consider in this because while you say you can't unremember what you saw last year, I'm having a hard time forgetting 2012. And I know the injury was bad, but even as a passer in 2012, he was just lights out. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of what I saw last year didn't necessarily seem like a guy who was a one-hit wonder or his knee was bad and he couldn't do the things anymore. It seemed like he just didn't believe in what he was doing. and He, had he no seemed confidence. really scared, yeah. Yeah, and I think if they can get him to believe that his knee is not going to fall apart, believe in his offense, think that his coach is not out to get him, which I think was part of his, whether that was true or not, I think that definitely is what he believed was the truth. I think he could have a big bounce back year, and he wasn't great by any means last year, but... 60% completion percentage, 16 TDs, 12 picks. I mean, not great by any means, but certainly not a, a disaster. So I think he could have a big bounce back year, but I think that defense the last two years for Washington has been two of the worst defenses in NFL history, so I don't anticipate that getting any better. I have Dallas at 8-8 eight and eight for a lot of the reasons you said. I just think this division is so tumultuous that you automatically have to give them three wins because they all trade wins with one another. I don't think their defense is going to get any better. I don't necessarily think their offense is going to fall off at all. It'd be interesting to see with Tony Romo, because this could be the disaster team if his back is not healthy. Yeah. If if Romo goes down, this team's down there with Tampa Bay and Cleveland, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'll give them 8-8, eight eight, just kind of the benefit of the doubt for now. I actually have Philadelphia at 9-7. and seven. And this may be unfair, but I have no expectations for Nick Foles to be what he was last year. He was unbelievable. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions last year. No chance he has that this year. And maybe it's another year in the system, but they lose Deshaun Jackson. They still have LaShawn McCoy, but another thing that maybe is coming back to bite me more now, uh, but I still have a hard time expecting running backs to sustain success year after year because running backs tend to be outside of the Emmett Smiths and LaDainian Tomlinson and Barry Sanders and Adrian Peterson kind of players. Everybody else, you see a lot more Jamal Andersons and Jamal Lewises and other Jamals who won the rushing title and then fall away than you do these guys who sustain it. So I expect that McCoy might not be the greatest thing anymore. And I think they have a tough schedule. They play the NFC West. Uh, so that could be a problem for them. We'll see what happens, but I think 9-7 and seven is a fair record for them. It'll only be a one game back from what they were last year. Nick Foles had the greatest quarterback season that we've seen in a long time, and they only won 10 games. Sure. So we'll see. I have the New York Giants at 9-7, and seven, and I think they'll be better this year. If Eli Manning cuts down on the turnovers, they could be way better. And everybody remembers that start last year where Eli was throwing interceptions like they were worth points, and they were 0-6. They finished 7-9. and nine. So they were pretty, you know, they were pretty tough to beat in the second half of the season. And so I think they could have a bounce back year, and 
they have uh, Odell Beckham Jr. as a rookie, right? Yes. And he feels like a Victor Cruz kind of version two, and that terrifies me. And I have them winning the division, and ugh, Eli Manning in the playoffs with no expectations is about the scariest thing <laughs> that the NFL <laughs> has true. right now. So I, I hope I'm wrong, but the Giants, I think, will be 9-7, and seven, and they'll, they'll win the division on a... Um, Actually, I think they, in order for this scenario to work, and that's what I looked up, is that um, they would have Philadelphia at home in Week 17, and I think that's why I picked them. Is that you know the okay. NFC East always plays an extra playoff game in Sunday Night Football Week 17, and I picked <laughs> the Giants to win. <laughs> All right. All right, NFC North. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Sure, I can do mine here. Um, okay. I have Vikings at five and eleven. Um, I guess. Not much upside there at this point. I guess we can see what Bridgewater does, but I think they're pretty much the same team we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions at 9-7, and seven, so kind of staying true to the, what they are. Mm-hmm. I, kind of an average team overall, but with Calvin Johnson on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bears 10-6, and six, if they can stay healthy, I think they're a playoff team for sure. Uh, pretty good defense, I guess. <laughs> well, they weren't great last year, but um, I expect them to bounce back a little bit here and do a little bit more on offense. They've got those two insane receivers. I think that that's... Yeah, probably the most unstoppable one-two in the league. Mm-hmm. And um, Packers, I have at eleven and five, winning the division, assuming everybody's healthy. I think this team is is the best team in the division, mm-hmm. and I think that they should be able to run through most of the games they're supposed to win. Um, probably lose to the teams like Seattle that they, you know, like with the tough defenses. But I think they're good enough to have a really good record. So I say eleven and five for the Packers. Yeah, and uh, mine looks quite similar. I have at the bottom of the division, I have the Minnesota Vikings at 6-10. and 10. Um, I think Bridgewater gives them a little bit of a chance, and I think they can steal some games um, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, the Falcons might stink, and, and the Panthers are going to give some back. They got Tampa, so um, and, and we both think the AFC North is going to be down. So they can steal some wins. They'll win some in the division. It'll be interesting to see them play out in the cold this year, which I, yeah. I always think of the Metrodome. So we'll see. I actually have the Lions at 6-10 and 10 as well. And I think this team is incredibly talented, but it's also a team that we look at that talent, and everybody remembers 2012. They've had this talent for five years, and they've gone 2-14, yeah, 5-11, exactly. and 10-6, um, and, and then what, 4-12, and 7-9. and, 7 and 9. They had the division where all they had to do is win two of their last four, and they won up to everybody by losing all four. So... I think that a guy like Jim Caldwell coming in to that madhouse that Jim Schwartz had created might be even worse because I think they needed a firm, steady hand, not a guy who maybe just is a hands-off kind of guy. Sure. And granted, I don't know that much about him, but the way that the Indianapolis Colts imploded once they lost Peyton Manning makes me think that this guy might not be able to handle crisis very well, and he's going to have a lot of it in Detroit. That's a good point, yeah. I have the Bears at 10-6. and six. They definitely could be better, but that defense just stinks, and it's a defense that is so good that they decided that M.D. Jennings was a necessary piece <laughs> to add to the team. Jared Allen kind of scares me on that team, but I can't imagine he'll be all that much more of an upgrade than Julius Peppers was. So I think that they could still be scary, but I think 10-6 and six is a fair record for them as well, and much like you have the Packers at 11-5, and five, they have been... Very good in this division. Uh, when I looked up that New England stat that I wanted to use, the Packers are number two in the NFL with a 35-12-1 record since Mike McCarthy became the coach. 
they have destroyed that division. Since Mike McCarthy's been the head coach, Chicago's had two coaches, the Lions three and the Vikings three, and I think McCarthy's to blame for that. Um, just whooping up on everybody else in the division, 11-5, and five, and uh, definitely a chance to be even better than that. And this is assuming everybody on every single team stays healthy, so... Yeah, right. Um, well, but, you can't <laughs> you yeah. can't project injuries. So I think Roger Goodell actually uh, said in one of his press conferences that he was considering going to settings and turning injuries off this year. So there's a chance. It'd be fun that, to see that like one year just to see who really is the best team. Yeah, it would. Um, I, I don't. Maybe that'll come right after the GPS technology. There you go. The, the actual Madden settings for real life. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's hammer out the playoffs real quick because we're kind of going long. But it is the great. 2014 spectacular preview show. So it is. Our fans wish this would go on forever. So that's what I heard. A lot of our, our messages on Facebook said instead of just doing the podcast for one hour a week, why don't you just stop for one hour a week and then podcast <laughs> the rest of the time? Yes. Okay, I'll go with my AFC first here. I have Denver as the one seed at 11 and five. At the two seed, I have Indianapolis at 11 and five. I think that Denver will beat the Colts in Week One. So that's how that got decided. Number three, I have New England at 10 and six, and then the Ravens. I have the four seed at 10 and six for similar reasons. I believe the Patriots will beat the Ravens when they play this year. As the wild card teams, or maybe the Ravens don't play the Patriots this year. I don't know why I picked it, but anyways, I did. The wild card teams. I have Pittsburgh being the five seed at nine and seven, and I actually picked five teams to go eight and eight. I don't remember why I picked the Bengals to be the last team in, but I looked at all the 8-8 eight eight teams and kind of how they matched up with one another, and it looked like from my very quick glance that the Bengals had the best tiebreakers. So I'll go with the Bengals. So my first-round matchups are Steelers at Ravens, Bengals at Patriots. Okay. And I, uh, I have Broncos 1, uh, Patriots 2, Colts 3, Ravens 4, Bengals five, and then really my only log jam here is at six. I have three nine and seven teams, and I have the Chargers making it in on tiebreakers. Okay. Um, I should have picked my games before you did yours, but anyways, that's okay. I have Bengals or Patriots over Bengals, and then I have Ravens over Steelers. So my second round is setting up as Patriots at Colts, Ravens at Broncos. Hooray! Games we've seen in the last two years. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're pretty much the same teams for me too that we've seen. I have Colts over Chargers, and I have Bengals over Ravens. Um, yeah, matching up for Broncos, Bengals, and Colts Patriots. So you have the Bengals winning their first playoff game in, it'll be 25, no, 24 years by January of 2015. That's pretty interesting. That's right, I sure do. Okay. I have the Patriots upsetting the Colts at home. I don't think that's really that much of an upset, and I still don't think the Patriots are very good, but it feels like they can go into a place like Indianapolis and just not turn it over a bunch and let Andrew Luck throw them three interceptions. So... I'll take them, and I actually have, oh gosh, I must have changed my mind on this, because I have a big scribble there, um, I think I'll pick, I wanted. I think I had the Ravens initially, but I'll pick Denver to beat the Ravens, because I don't think the Ravens have enough firepower, unless Peyton just completely implodes, which is definitely possible. Okay, um, so then I have, let me see here, I, I think I made a typo too. <laughs> I have, uh, okay, so I have the Broncos versus the Bengals here, and I have the Broncos beating Cincinnati. I don't, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in that Bengals first round pick, but I just, again, weak AFC, they've got a couple of weapons at least, mm-hmm. um, and Gio Bernard and AJ Green. Mm-hmm. And then I have, uh, I have, uh, 
Let's see here. Colts against the Patriots. And I have the Colts beating the Patriots in the divisional round here this time. Again, that was pretty much a wash for me, but I think the Colts yeah. might just be a little better at this point. Um, and then I have – oh, I guess I might as well just give my, my sure. conference championship game two right away here. I have Broncos over Colts. Uh, Broncos make it to the Super Bowl for the second straight year. Mm-hmm. I guess – I just kind of like their offense a little better than Indy, and I think both defenses aren't, aren't great. So I guess I'd choose Peyton over Andrew Luck right now. Oh, poor Colts fans. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I know it was a much more friendly parting between the Colts and Peyton, but I can't imagine losing a Favre in the, the, yeah, as a Viking. In the, <laughs> all right, and I actually picked the Patriots to beat Denver, and it's mainly because I think Denver will implode, and I feel like this would be a 20-16 to kind of game. And I don't think the Patriots are very good at all, and I think that, without tipping my hand, if they make it to the Super Bowl, they're in store for a beatdown the likes of which Denver saw last year. But I just like them in the matchups. I feel like they'll make the fewest mistakes in the playoffs, and if they can score some, which has been their problem in the playoffs, they should beat just about anybody in the AFC because everybody else in the AFC is kind of bad. Okay, do you want to start your NFC first? Sure. Um, let's see here. Okay, so my uh, my one seed is the Eagles based on their 12 and 4 record. Then I have the Seahawks at 11 and 5, the Packers at 11 and 5, 49ers at 10 and 6, um, and then I finish off with the wild card of Saints and then Bears. Okay. Um, I have Saints as the one seed. I have Seattle as the two seed. Packers at three, Giants at four, San Francisco at five, opening at the Giants, and then the Bears coming to Lambeau Field uh, in uh, the first round as the sixth seed. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and start off my wild card here. I have the Packers beating the Bears in another big game, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have the 49ers beating the Saints in New Orleans to move on to the divisional round. And I have the Packers beating the Bears in the first round, and I really wanted to pick... I didn't want to, but I thought I could pick the Giants beating the 49ers, but I just think San Francisco's too good, and they they really would feast on a team like the Giants. I know they lost to the Giants at home in the 2011 playoffs, but yeah, I don't think that would happen again. So I, I picked the 49ers to beat the Giants. So I have Packers at Seattle and the 49ers at the Saints in the second round. All right. Um, and then my divisional round games, I have Eagles 49ers, which I think will be a good game, but I, I do have the 49ers moving on here. Mm-hmm. And then in probably a, a boneheaded upset pick, I have the Packers <laughs> beating the Seahawks in the divisional round. I just think that they're, they're lucky enough to, it, 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 at least according to my predictions, get to see the Seahawks instead of the 49ers in the divisional round, which I think they, for whatever reason, match up a little bit better with. So I have the Packers finally getting through one of these teams and, and meeting up against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Oh, I wish I had your optimism. Um, I have the Packers losing to Seattle. I just couldn't think of a scenario in my head that lets the Packers win. Um, I just have this nagging thing in the back of my head about Russell Wilson, I guess, that just leads me to believe that in any game he'll score maybe three to ten points, Mm -hmm. and you just have that chance that you could potentially you know, score 17 to 24 on that defense and get the job done. Yeah, but I guess that's the thing with with Rodgers recently is that I mean they had they didn't even have 300 yards of total offense against San Francisco in the playoffs last year. He he I don't know if it's conservative between him and McCarthy or it just hasn't worked out, but the last 3 years in the playoffs, he just has pretty much not been very good. And I guess I I have to see them be better than that in order for me to think they can win in Seattle. Um 
since the Super Bowl, they've beaten Joe Webb's Vikings in the playoffs. That's it. And I guess that makes me nervous. Sure. And then I have the Saints beating San Francisco, I think, down in the Dome. The uh, 49ers don't have enough firepower, and uh, the Saints maybe match up with them okay. So I All have, right. Yeah, Seahawks and Saints in the NFC. Seahawks, Saints, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my NFC Championship game, and I, I don't want to seem like a homer here, and I didn't pick the Packers to be in the Super Bowl last year, but I think that this is year, the year they go back. Okay. Um, I think that Colin Kaepernick... I guess meeting Colin Kaepernick again, you've lost to the same team so many times. They've let quite a few guys walk on that defense to go out elsewhere. Um, I'm not a big Kaepernick believer. Their their targets are Anquan Boldings getting older. I just think that um, in another game that matters, Rodgers getting another chance, I think they could do it. And I, I don't know if that's crazy because we've seen the same matchup over and over again and they keep getting pumped. <laughs> but I just think that um, I think that they can do it this year. So I think I'm going to have Packers over 49ers in the NFC Championship game. And that's, man, I hope you're right if that happens. You'd think that the teams were close enough that if they played a fifth time yeah. <laughs> that the Packers would win. I mean, it's not, it's not Packers-Dallas where the Packers were losing by two touchdowns every game. Mm-hmm. They're close. They lost on a last-second field goal this last time. So if they play again, you would think the Packers would probably be able to win. And I think you're right that the Packers do have a chance this year. And I believe it. This is one of the first years really since, I mean, 2011. It, it feels like forever ago, but it's not. This is the first time that I really believe they have a chance. Yeah. It's one of a handful of times in my history as a Packer fan where I genuinely believe they could win the Super Bowl this year. And I guess the whole thing that I get hung up on, and it's the conversation we've had ever since the existence of this show, I believe they're good enough to do it, but when I actually pull out the roadmap and try to chart their path, I can't get them there. And I think that's where I'm hung up, and I hope you're right. And I think if Seattle takes a step back, and if this defense is really good, and if Aaron is really good, there's no reason they can't. And I think... I, I hope you're right, and uh, I guess that's all I could say. I think they're good enough to do it. I'm just not sure how until they show me how. Sure. I have the Seahawks against the Saints. Nobody cares about that matchup. It sucks. I think the Saints, <laughs> I think the Saints probably would have a defensive meltdown. The way they played against Seattle last year leads me to believe that Drew Brees doesn't have a chance to do anything against Seattle's defense, and Seattle's got enough offense to whoop up on the Saints, especially indoors, so Seattle will win on the road as a slight underdog. Okay. So, so I have Seahawks Patriots in the Super Bowl. Seahawks Patriots, okay. Um, so th- that probably leads to you thinking that Seattle's going to win their second <laughs> straight, I would guess, uh, because yeah. of what you said before. But yeah, um, I'll just I'll just throw it out real quick. Ahead. I yeah. think Seattle is going to destroy New England in the same way that they destroyed Denver last year. If you don't have a quarterback who can escape the pocket, you are not going to beat the Seahawks. And Tom Brady's in the same boat as Peyton Manning. Sure. Okay, and then so I have I end up with Broncos Packers, which according to the recent NFL is probably not going to happen. But I don't. Maybe there's a change in the guard this year. We've seen these crazy defenses for a couple years in a row, and maybe there's a change here, and we see some quarterbacks do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have Broncos Packers, and I think disappointingly, as much as I think the Packers make an insane run to get to the Super Bowl, I think the Broncos just have too much talent. Oh come on! Sorry, <laughs> I th- I can't.
Uh, I... <laughs> Sorry to ruin your dreams. Well, and and maybe I'm too jaded, uh, and I did get Peyton one playoff win, but he looked like he was 100 years old in the Super Bowl last year. And I know Seattle's defense is likely way better than our defense is going to be, but... I could just see another Peyton Manning meltdown. We've sure. seen him just be horrible against, you know, the Ravens' defense in 12 wasn't very good. Well, they scored a lot of points. But you get the point. The yeah. San Diego wasn't a good defense last year, and they struggled to get 24 points in that game. So I'm I'm saying if your picks are right up to your last pick, I'm picking the Packers. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I just think the Broncos luck out by not having to match up against Seattle or San Francisco, which I think they get wiped, you know, they, they get destroyed again. Yeah. But I think going against a team where their offense might be better than ours and their defense is probably pretty comparable, I guess I just maybe like their weapons a little bit better. And I guess you make a point that, that the, the Broncos' defense could be better this year. They added seemingly every free agent. They they yeah. they went in the Madden settings and turned off the salary cap, it looks like, this year. I'm not even I, I'm not even a huge fan of the Broncos necessarily, and I know we've talked plenty of times about Peyton Manning in the playoffs, but I think the road there is so easy. And, yeah. you know, according to my picks, if I think that they're matching up against Green Bay, I think that they have the upper hand there. Okay, well, it certainly could happen. Um, ugh, I... I would hate John Elway so much if that happened. Just for I just feel like Peyton's got one more in him, and Wes Welker's never won a Super Bowl. I just, I don't know, it just feels like it's going to happen to me. Yeah, I, I'm not that upset about Wes Welker not winning a Super Bowl, but... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I just, I, I, I guess, yeah, it's stupid to sit here and talk hypotheticals all day, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it just seems, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I think Peyton's got an easy road to the Super Bowl, but... After seeing what I saw last year from him, I just, I I don't know if he, there's no way that offense can be that good. They're the best offense of all time last year. There's no way that their offense is going to be that good this year, I don't think. But they only got to win once if they, you know, they get to play Tennessee and probably the Texans to get to the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, probably. Okay, so that's our 2014 picks. Hopefully we're both wrong and uh, the Packers are able to win the Super Bowl. Oh, that sounded like the. Of course, we think that our show is called Green and Gold Forever. I, guess. I, don't, I don't know why I needed to. I'm really pulling for the Buffalo Bills this year to to win over Green Bay. Well, that's true. We did have some nice interaction on Facebook recently, and this show's been very long, so we're we're gonna uh, handle these very quickly. I put a post up there on July 9th that said Green and Gold Forever will be returning, and what are some thoughts of people on this upcoming season? And Daniel Johnson, a great fan of ours, said obviously. We had to discuss the D-line shakeup in the NFC North with Peppers going to Green Bay and Jared Allen going to Chicago. We talked about that a little bit. Which is the better upgrade, do you think? The NFC North is so weird with stuff like that. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. seem like it happens in any other division. Um, they only have their own free agent pool. Yeah. I guess I'd take Jared Allen over Julius Peppers, but at the same point, I think Peppers might be a, a better fit for us, maybe. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I, it might be kind of a, an even kind of a trade-off, but... I, I guess I'd take Allen if I had the choice, but I'm not upset at all that we got Peppers. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Jared Allen's the better player uh, at this point. And maybe even when it's all said and done, Jared Allen's quietly having a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer, yeah. Yeah, and, and we've talked about that. But the Bears are going from Julius Peppers to Jared Allen, whereas the Packers are going from... Yes, nothing. What, nothing <laughs> to Julius Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. So I think the net improvement it definitely favors the Packers there. Agreed. 
And Eric Hansen, another one of our great fans, says, if the Packers' defense finish near the, near the bottom of the league again and the Packers also fail to make a major push in the postseason, do you see Dom Capers finally losing his job? And what do you think can be done to improve the defense either, either from a personnel or a scheme standpoint? We talked a little bit about what we think is going to happen to Dom uh, earlier in the show. As far as what... To improve the defense from a scheme standpoint or a personnel standpoint, if the defense is still bad after this year, it's 100% crystal clear that it's the scheme that's the problem because they got the personnel now. Yeah, you've drafted year after year after year to get the guys you want, so you've got the guys you want. So, yeah, it's like what I said before. I think if they have a bad year, he's gone, mm-hmm. um, and you have to change the scheme up. I think it's pretty clear, like you said at this point, that if they can't do it with what they have, he's got to go. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you guys for uh, participating we also had another comment from eric hansen and maybe we could talk about this story real quick uh the packers have declined to have brett Favre come back this year and have his jersey retired according to mike murphy it's because they're worried that the fans will boo him and i asked the question first i'll read eric's answer and then i'll ask the same question of you what are your thoughts on this story? Is Brett and or the Packers being too sensitive? Do you think the fans would boo? And lastly, would you boo Brett Favre if you were at the stadium that day? Eric Hansen said, I think there has to be more to why the Packers aren't planning on retiring his number than what is being told in this story. I mean, yeah, Favre was booed the last two times he came to Lambeau, but he was also in a Vikings uniform when that happened. It was almost four years ago at the time, especially in the 2009 season. Many people believe Minnesota was the best team in the division, which added to the hurt Packers fans may have felt. Since that time, I think... The wound has been healed for many Packers fans for several reasons. Rodgers has proven himself to be a great quarterback. Minnesota has sunk back towards the bottom of the division. Favre tried to make good with the Packers and Packers fans publicly, and the Packers won the Super Bowl. I would be shocked and ashamed to be a Packers fan if he was booed in returning for his retirement ceremony, given how different the circumstances for that are than what they were when he came to Lambeau to face the Packers in 2009 and 2010. Finally, if you go back and watch those games, you do hear a good deal of cheering for him, especially towards the end of the 09 game when it was clear the Vikings were winning. I think management is well aware of all this, and this is just going to be put out there as some type of cover for whatever the real reason this is as to why it's not happening, but that's just my thought. Um, I guess comment on Aaron, uh, Eric's comment, and then also the, the questions at the front of the comment. Yeah, I can't imagine what other kind of behind-the-scenes would be holding this up. Um, I I can't think of any kind of weird conspiracy theories on why they wouldn't be doing this. I think it probably is what they're saying at face value. Maybe Favre just wants to wait a little bit longer. But I think all they really needed to do is I think Ted Thompson just needed to text me and, and call me and ask me because I was pretty much as, as far as it goes on the the anti-Favre spectrum of things once he left. And I think now I'm at the point where I would absolutely cheer. And and you could probably even listen to our shows over the last three years. And with the first one, you hear how much I, I, can't, I can't stand Favre at the time. <laughs> and then coming up to maybe before last year, I probably would have said, you know, like, eh, yeah, I, I'm okay. You know, I'd, I'd clap for him. And then this year it's like, yeah, bring Favre back. I want to clap for him. I want to <laughs> see the jersey retired. Let's just do this already. I've got no ill will left towards him. Um, maybe the legacy's tarnished a bit, but I mean, I wouldn't boo the guy anymore, mm-hmm. whereas I definitely would have the year after had I gone to a pack. <laughs> so if Ted would just ask me, kind of, you know, text me every year and see how I'm doing, I think he would know exactly what would happen. So I think they should do it this year. They probably won't apparently, but I think it's time. I don't think Ted's the kind of guy that texts, perhaps. Well, he should. Well, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe text, uh, Mark Murphy. Maybe he'll text you back. I'm sure they will. If I just text the number that they have listed for him, I'm sure he'll get right back to me. 
I think that's right on the homepage of Packers.com. <laughs> go to text the president. Uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. I certainly have come back around to Brett Favre a, a lot faster than most people who were on the anti-Favre side during the whole uh, saga. I think Eric might be reading into it a little bit. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not sure um, what else it could be. But I do agree with the overall reaction that Eric had. That it is incredibly bizarre that they said this is why it's not going to happen. Yeah, they could have made up any reason. Why did they actually come out publicly and say this? It makes Brett Favre look bad, it makes the organization look bad, and nationally this story's been picked up, and it makes Packer fans look like a bunch of hillbillies that can't get over the past. So, um, you know, that might be true of some people, but most of us are not that anymore. I would absolutely cheer for Brett Favre. I was already... All right, I don't know what we were talking about. We just got transported into the Twilight Zone for a quick second, but either, either way, I think that... Uh, it's weird what happened with Favre. I wish they wouldn't have come out with that. Um, I hope that they are able to come back and um, figure something out next year because this definitely needs to happen before he goes into the Hall of Fame, and I think they'd be surprised at how revered Favre would be in that stadium and how many people are, like you said, his legacy slightly tarnished, I think. He's not the he's not going to be Bart Starr anymore where there's just universal love for him, but I think he'll be kind of the crazy do-good uncle who's kind of uh, a creep, <laughs> but everybody still loves him. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's going to wrap up this very long edition of Green and Gold Forever. If you made it this far, we certainly appreciate it. We'll be back once the preseason begins, and uh, in the meantime, Matt and I will have a fantasy draft, so I can draft some more players that will get hurt, and then um, also underperform, and then I can make some bad trades, and uh, not make the playoffs again. I've, and I can just win another championship. Well, there you go, and then you yep. can maintain that uh, cocky attitude through the whole <laughs> way. And uh, it's going to be nice to get back to football instead of uh, some football that's been dominating. I know you're a big World Cup guy, though. I am. It was good, but I'm definitely I, I'm done with it as of the last game, and I'm ready to move on to the real thing. And I gave it a real honest chance, I think. And I'm not disparaging the sport. I, I know it's really popular, but I just think it's not for me. I, I kind of had it on, and the last, the extra time of Belgium and the United States was phenomenal. Um, but that first 90 minutes bored the hell out of me. Yeah, sure. And it's I have two TVs set up in my main uh, in my living room, and. Um, Soccer is going to be a second TV sport, I think. For All right. It, it's going to be That's hard. understandable. Sports. Not for everyone. Yeah. And uh, so, and I think I, I was maybe kind of turning against it just because it felt like ESPN had made it its life's mission to make soccer popular. They really did. Yeah. And it was. Did you watch the All Star Game last night by any chance? Just on uh, bits and pieces, but not very much. I know I was texting you a little bit, but they treated Derek Jeter like he was somebody like Gandhi, and. The post-game show, Mike Trout was amazing. Jonathan Lucroy had a really good uh, game. And the game as a whole had more offense than I remember uh, an All-Star game having in a while. And the whole post-game show was, hey, so which of Derek Jeter's two hits or his one uh, assist in the field was your favorite? And they just talked about how just Derek Jeter and they... Oh, just slow mo of him like tipping his cap, and it's, it was the most ridiculous. And they ha- I did see that they had a whole interview or a whole inning interview with him at one point. Too. I did see that part of it. Yeah, and it really wasn't much of anything. Um, I think he's a great player, but this baseball habit of the last three years of these tours of these guys like Chipper Jones and Mariano Rivera who are going to retire is just ridiculous to me. It's like the stars of today aren't appearing to be uh, having the legacy and the cachet that guys like 
um, I don't know, the guys of yesteryear had, and so we're going to just force it to happen. Sure. And it just comes off as very, very stupid and silly. So maybe next podcast we'll just uh, talk all about Derek Jeter. Let's or, do it. Or maybe if, if Donald Driver, I can't believe the first year of this podcast we talked about anybody but Donald Driver. Um, <laughs> what horrible Packer fans we are. Okay, that's enough. We'll play the Tennessee Titans, and then uh, after they play the t- the Packers play the Titans, we'll talk to you again. So, uh, Matt, you got anything else to add before the season? I'm good. Let's go. All right. Let's get to some football. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care, everyone.